Welcome to the Bible 365 podcast. My name is Randy Gudo, and it is day 201. Our reading for today is coming from 2 Chronicles chapters 1, 2, and 3, Romans chapter 6, Psalm chapter 16, and Proverbs chapter 19, verses 20 and 21. The translation I'm using throughout this podcast is the English Standard Version, also known as the ESV, and our format is the one-year Bible. Let's read. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Solomon, the son of David, established himself in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges, and to all the leaders in all Israel, the heads of fathers' houses. And Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for the tent of meeting of God, which Moses the servant of the Lord had made in the wilderness, was there. But David had brought up the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim to the place that David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. Moreover, the bronze altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, had made, was there before the tabernacle of the Lord. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tent of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. In that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David my father be now fulfilled, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting, to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. And the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And Solomon's import of horses was from Egypt and Kui, and the king's traders would buy them from Kui for a price. They imported a chariot from Egypt for six hundred shekels of silver, and a horse for one hundred and fifty. Likewise, through them these were exported to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. Second Chronicles chapter 2 Now Solomon purposed to build a temple for the name of the Lord, and a royal palace for himself. And Solomon assigned seventy thousand men to bear burdens, and eighty thousand to quarry in the hill country, and thirty-six hundred to oversee them. And Solomon sent word to Hiram the king of Tyre, As you dealt with David my father, and sent him cedar to build himself a house to dwell in, so deal with me. Behold, I am about to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, and dedicate it to him for the burning of incense of sweet spices before him and for the regular arrangement of the showbread, and for burnt offerings morning and evening, 
on the Sabbaths and the new moons and the appointed feast of the Lord our God, as ordained forever for Israel. The house that I am to build will be great, for our God is greater than all gods. But who is able to build him a house, since heaven, even highest heaven, cannot contain him? Who am I to build a house for him, except as a place to make offerings before him? So now send me a man skilled to work in gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and in purple, crimson, and blue fabrics, trained also in engraving, to be with the skilled workers who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, whom David my father provided. Send me also cedar, cypress, and algum timber from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut timber in Lebanon. And my servants will be with your servants, to prepare timber for me in abundance, for the house I am to build will be great and wonderful. I will give for your servants, the woodsmen who cut timber, twenty thousand cores of crushed wheat, twenty thousand cores of barley, twenty thousand baths of wine, and twenty thousand baths of oil. Then Hiram the king of Tyre answered in a letter that he sent to Solomon, Because the Lord loves his people, he has made you king over them. Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made heaven and earth, who has given King David a wise son, who has discretion and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. Now I have sent a skilled man, who has understanding, Huram Abai, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan, and his father was a man of Tyre. He is trained to work in gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, and wood, and in purple, blue, and crimson fabrics and fine linen, and to do all sorts of engraving and execute any design that may be assigned him with your craftsmen, the craftsmen of my Lord, David your father. Now therefore the wheat and barley, oil and wine, of which my Lord has spoken, let him send to his servants, and we will cut whatever timber you need from Lebanon and bring it to you in rafts by sea to Joppa, so that you may take it up to Jerusalem." Then Solomon counted all the resident aliens who were in the land of Israel, after the census of them that David his father had taken, and there were found 153,600. 70,000 of them he assigned to bear burdens, 80,000 to quarry in the hill country, and 3,600 as overseers to make the people work. Second Chronicles chapter 3 Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to David his father, at the place that David had appointed, on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He began to build in the second month of the fourth year of his reign. These are Solomon's measurements for building the house of God. The length, in cubits of the old standard, was sixty cubits, and the breadth twenty cubits. The vestibule in front of the nave of the house was twenty cubits long, equal to the width of the house and its height was 120 cubits. He overlaid it on the inside with pure gold. The nave he lined with cypress and covered it with fine gold and made palms and chains on it. He adorned the house with settings of precious stones. The gold was gold of Parvaeum. So he lined the house with gold, its beams, its thresholds, its walls, and its doors, and he carved cherubim on the walls. And he made the most holy place. Its length corresponding to the breadth of the house, was twenty cubits, and its breadth was twenty cubits. He overlaid it with six hundred talents of fine gold. 
The weight of gold for the nails was fifty shekels, and he overlaid the upper chambers with gold. In the most holy place he made two cherubim of wood and overlaid them with gold. The wings of the cherubim together extended twenty cubits. One wing of the one, of five cubits, touched the wall of the house, and its other wing, of five cubits, touched the wing of the other cherub. And of this cherub, one wing, of five cubits, touched the wall of the house, and the other wing, also of five cubits, was joined to the wing of the first cherub. The wings of these cherubim extended twenty cubits. The cherubim stood on their feet, facing the nave, and he made the veil of blue and purple and crimson fabrics and fine linen, and he worked cherubim on it. In front of the house he made two pillars thirty-five cubits high, with a capital of five cubits on the top of each. He made chains like a necklace and put them on the tops of the pillars, and he made a hundred pomegranates and put them on the chains. He set up the pillars in front of the temple, one on the south, the other on the north. That on the south he called Jachin, and that on the north Boaz. Romans chapter 6 What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died, He died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness." But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm chapter 16 Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Proverbs chapter 19, verses 20 and 21. Listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Today's devotional is going to come from our reading in Second Chronicles. And before I go there, I want to share with you just a couple of things. Earlier in the week, one of my dear friends called me, one of my closest friends, and we had a really fun conversation. We started talking about conspiracy theories. I mean, some really good ones too. And this led into conversation about government, politics, education, and a lot of that progressive Christian culture that's invading the church right now, especially in the West, like in the United States. And I, like the next person, love a really good conspiracy theory. But some of the conspiracy theories today aren't really conspiracies, they're becoming reality. I mean, you jump on social media today and things are happening at record-breaking speed. I live in Louisiana and I was shocked when I found out that there are two mothers that I know who their daughters, their teenage, young teenage daughters were in school and the teachers and the staff were calling their daughters a boy name without the mother having any idea of what's going on. I mean, things are changing and have changed so fast that you can be up late at night just in absolute inner turmoil and worry and panic and fear. And so imagine how I felt today when these two verses kind of jumped off the pages and grabbed a hold of me and it filled my heart with hope. And I kind of felt like there was an opportunity to have a reset in my life. Let me read these two verses now. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. So simple. Here's what Solomon said. He's getting ready to build the temple for God. And this is what he said when he sent word to Hiram, the king of Tyre. The house that I am to build will be great, for our God is greater than all gods. But who is able to build him a house? Since heaven, even highest heaven, cannot contain him. That's it. That's the devotional. 
And here's the reset, the reality that our God is so magnificent. He is so great that even heaven itself and the highest heaven, whatever you could imagine, whatever dimension you could possibly dream up, it can't even contain God. So while, yes, conspiracy theories are no longer theories, they're conspiracy realities. So yes, as we see the enemy at work and the principalities and the powers of the air invading in different areas in education and in governments just like they have for thousands of years, yes, as we see progressive culture becoming an absolute dumpster fire, know this, God is greater than all gods and the highest heaven cannot even contain him. And you know what? He is our God, and we belong to Him. We are in good company. He is in control. You're going to be okay. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and today we thank you that you are our God. And even though heaven cannot even contain you, somehow you allow us to draw close, and somehow you dwell with us. Somehow you lead us and you guide us. You speak to us All day long, so many times we cannot even hear you. But today, we just say you are exalted. You are greater than all other gods. You are greater than any conspiracy theory, than any progressive culture that's just going to the wayside. You are greater than any type of anxiety or fear or worry that could try to invade and fill our minds. So we place our affections on you and we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the hope of eternity that we have because of your son, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. We love you, God. Draw us close by the presence of your Holy Spirit and reveal your son to us. We ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed today's devotional. I hope that you're enjoying the Bible 365 podcast. If you are, make sure you share it with your family and with your friends. Be sure to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what the Lord is speaking to you through the scriptures. If you want to reach out to me, just go to my website at randygudo.com. Scroll to the bottom on my homepage, and there's an area where you can message me. Please continue to pray for me. I'm praying for you. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you tomorrow with Day 202.